Freedom-loving patriots, fellow MAGA extremist Republican cult members, all those not caught in the matrix, those looking for a way out of the matrix, all of you assigned labels that end in phobe, ist, or ism, and yes, those clinging to their guns and Bibles. I'm your host, Becca Marie, and you are listening to Freedom Speak, along with Stella Padilla. Hey, Stella. Oh. Is your, I think your mic is turned off. Check that switch on the side of it there. Say that again. There. Can you hear me now? Now I can hear you Good now. Good morning, everybody, and I'm so glad it's Friday. <laughs> Check out our website, freedomspeaknm.com, where you can click on the radio replay link and listen to playbacks of any of our previous shows, and also check out the resource page. You can get the podcast of this show on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple iTunes. Want to send us your questions and comments? Email us at freedomspeaknm.com. And now you can listen and watch live every Friday morning, 9 a.m. to 12 noon, complete with a call-in line so you can join the conversation. Just go to our website, freedomspeaknm.com, and click on the Rumble link. So it's come to my attention a lot here lately in which uh, there seems to be an attack on patriotism. Patriots are being demonized. I saw an article in the AP News the other day that stated that there are different versions of patriots and went on to say that the term has become infused in political rhetoric and school curriculums with varied definitions while being appropriated by white nationalist groups. I assume that white nationalist is intended to be a derogatory term. You know, I like to look up definitions of things. I'm not really sure how having white skin or having loyalty and devotion to one's nation is a bad thing. I'm also not sure how protecting your children from being harmed at school is a bad thing either. As a citizen of the United States that loves my country, I would like to describe my idea of patriotism. Patriotism isn't simply nicely eloquent words on a page intended to inspire loyalty and sacrifice for one's country, and it's much more than our standard definition given by Merriam-Webster, which is love for or devotion to one's country. And it's not just a movie you saw decades ago, although I love movies. Patriotism is doing Let me try to describe my idea of patriotism by telling you about some of my favorite patriots. A quote by Benjamin Franklin states, Where liberty dwells, there is my country. Benjamin Franklin's formal education was limited and ended when he was 10. He was an avid reader and taught himself to become a skilled writer. He went on to start a successful printing business in Philadelphia and grew wealthy. Franklin was deeply active in public affairs in his adopted city, where he helped launch a lending library, hospital, and college, and garnered acclaim for his experiments, as you know, with electricity, among other projects. Franklin Stove, too, that's another one. Patriotism is doing, as in deeply active in public affairs and sacrificing your time and money to make a difference. Are you? According to General Douglas MacArthur, duty, duty, honor, country, those three hallowed words reverently dictate what you ought to be, what you can be, what you will be. 
Douglas MacArthur was born on January 26, 1880 at the Little Rock Barracks in Arkansas. MacArthur's early childhood was spent on western frontier outposts in New Mexico, where his army officer father, Arthur MacArthur, boy, I bet you can't say that three times fast, can you, was stationed. The younger MacArthur later said of the experience, it was here I learned to ride and shoot even before I could read or write. Indeed, almost before I could walk or talk. After many battles and facing the threat of death for his country, on September 2, 1945, MacArthur officially accepted Japan's surrender aboard the USS Missouri in Tokyo Bay. From 1945 to 1951, as Allied commander of the Japanese occupation, MacArthur oversaw the successful demobilization of Japan's military forces, as well as the restoration of the economy, the drafting of a new Japanese constitution, and numerous other reforms. Patriotism is doing, as in laying down one's life for his country. Have you done that? James Bryce is quoted saying, Patriotism consists not in waving the flag, but in striving that our country shall be righteous as well as strong. We're certainly seeing a loss of all that, aren't we? In the 19th century, a diminutive, red-bearded, pipe-smoking Scotsman named James Bryce repeatedly traveled to the United States. A British law professor and member of the House of Commons, Bryce wanted to study American political institutions. At a time when many of his countrymen were growing distrustful over the increasingly muscular United States. Bryce believed the two nations had more to gain from their common traditions and goals than from their mutual suspicions. The result of his studies was his classic work, The American Commonwealth. Bryce devoted 12 of its 52 chapters to Congress, and three of those exclusively to the Senate. Patriotism is doing, as in speaking out even if it may be in opposition to your own government and policies which you find to be un-American and unconstitutional. Are you speaking up, or are you keeping quiet because you're afraid of your government? Peter Marshall was quoted saying, May we think of freedom not as the right to do as we please, but as the opportunity to do what is right. It's believed that this comment can be traced back to remarks made during 1947 by Reverend Peter Marshall, who was the chaplain of the U.S. Senate. He clearly believed that this theme was vital, and he returned to it at least three times. Patriotism is doing, as in allowing your religious beliefs to be made known. Were you standing up for your right to worship during the illegal scamdemic lockdowns? Or did you allow the government to trample your rights without saying a word? A. Philip Randolph stated, Freedom is never given. It is won. Philip Randolph was a labor leader and civil rights activist who founded the nation's first major black labor union, the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters, also known as BSCP, in 1925. In the 1930s, his organizing efforts helped end both racial discrimination in defense industries and segregation in the U.S. Armed Forces. Randolph was also a principal organizer of the March on Washington in 1963, which paved the way for passage of the Civil Rights Act the following year. Patriotism is doing. Doing for your fellow countrymen. Do you? In some great words by Condoleezza Rice, she stated, The essence of America, that which really unites us, is not ethnicity, or nationality, or religion, it is an idea, and what an idea it is, that you can come from humble circumstances and do great things. Condoleezza Rice was born on November 14, 1954, in Birmingham, Alabama. Her mother worked as a teacher and her father as a guidance counselor. At an early age, Rice was drawn to music. 
she learned how to play the piano and entered college as a music major. However, after taking a course in international politics, she changed her career aspirations. Rice earned a degree in political science from the University of Denver. In 1979, she studied Russian at Moscow State University. Rice graduated from University of Denver with a Ph.D. in political science in 1981. One year later, she began her career as an assistant professor at Stanford University. Throughout her career, Rice became the first African-American woman to hold several positions, including Secretary of State. Patriotism is doing often from humble beginnings. Do you believe humble beginnings can spark great things? Remember one of my favorite phrases from Patrick Henry? Give me liberty or give me death. Patrick Henry was born in 1736 to John and Sarah Winston Henry on his family's farm in Hanover County, Virginia. He was educated mostly at home by his father, a Scottish-born planter, who had attended college in Scotland. Henry struggled to find a profession as a young adult. He failed in several attempts as a store owner and a planner. He taught himself law while working as a tavern keeper at his father-in-law's inn and opened a law practice in Hanover County in 1760. As a lawyer and politician, Patrick Henry was known for his persuasive and passionate speeches, which appealed as much to emotion as to reason. Many of Henry's contemporaries likened his rhetorical style to the evangelical preachers of the Great Awakening, a religious revival that swept the American colonies in the 1730s and 1740s. Patriotism is doing. Using your gifts and talents for your country. Are you doing that? John F. Kennedy said, let every nation know, whether it wishes us well or ill, that we shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe, to assure the survival and success of liberty. JFK was young, handsome, charismatic, and a war hero after swimming ten sailors to safety in World War II. When John F. Kennedy was asked about what he did to become a hero in the Pacific, Pacific War in 1943, he responded by saying, it was involuntary. They sank the boat. <laughs> That's funny. He signified a new era of hope, peace, and prosperity at a time when World War II was not the distant memory that it is today. He wanted to put a man on the moon at a time people were still thrilled by the space race. He wanted kids to be physically fit. And who could quarrel with that? Well, apparently they're quarreling with that nowadays. JFK was emblematic of the passing of the torch to a new generation. Not the baby boomers. But the WW2 generation who came home after the war, married, bought homes in suburbia, and became the parents of the baby boomers. JFK, JFK belonged to the greatest generation, a generation which had truly saved the world from the scourge of socialism, Nazism, communism, and believed in itself and the greatest, greatness of America. Yet all Americans, despite their differences, had shared values and a shared culture that seems to be a thing of the past nowadays, don't it? School textbooks in those days spoke about America as a melting pot and how assimilation was a good thing. They also said that America was a, good, a force for good in the world and had never started a war, but always defended itself and its allies. So I think JFK represents a kind of nostalgia for a more innocent and optimistic era, don't you? Patriotism is doing. Believing your country is a beacon of hope. Do you believe that? Are you yourself a beacon? Each and every one of these patriotic quotes didn't become famous because they sounded well thought out and were put together so eloquently. It was because of the patriotic actions of the speakers. 
to not know a little bit about the speaker renders the quote incomplete and quite possibly meaningless. Your words on paper and social media can sometimes be meaningless if there is no action behind them. I've been speaking to you on the radio, social media, at rallies, on the street corners holding a sign for over two years now. I pour hours of my time into research and spend my own money on delivering to you a quality show every week. I hope I've proven to you how patriotic I am. And I hope you will walk away, move to action, moved to do. I want us all to show our patriotism. We need it now more than ever from all of you. There you go. And what did uh, John F. Kennedy, the most memorable thing I remember about him, because I was just a child, mm-hmm. uh, was uh, ask not what you can do, what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Well, that's not what they're preaching now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I hear you. So uh, I've got our guest in the studio today, a guy that I think probably has a lot to say. <laughs> He was sitting over there making a lot of notes, I noticed, when I was doing that opening monologue. His name is Lucas. Now, correct me if I pronounce this incorrectly. Is it Gothier? And that's from Americans for Prosperity. Welcome to the show, Lucas. Get right up there to the mic and tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, I think your mic is. Hold on. There we go. Try that again. Hey, good morning. Good morning. (laughs) I'm doing it all here. You know, I forgot to flip that fader okay i appreciate the opportunity to come on here and thank you for having me and you did you pronounced my last name correctly which is very rare but nice nice you. nice so tell me what do you do at uh, americans for prosperity i like the name it's very cool huh yeah it americans is for it's very, prosperity. It's very cool a nonprofit organization i am the community engagement director uh, we do a lot of things is i mean i tell everybody when they ask me what i do i'm like well I help open people's eyes to the possibility of prosperity in New Mexico. And they're like, well, how do you do that? And it's like, well, we work on governmental policy. Uh, We find out what people are passionate about, whether it's health care, education, criminal justice. And we align with them on the issues rather than actually the the politics that are involved, which is nice. So we're nonpartisan. We work with anybody to do good. And I love my job. It's great. Well, you know, like I mentioned in the opening monologue, we used to live in a day in which one thing that was common among all Americans is that we all were proud of our country. We, we, were, we stood for, for patriotism and all of that. And it seems like we've got this huge division now in the country in which there are people that hate the flag. They hate the national anthem. They want to kneel for the anthem. Um, they 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 criticize anybody that claims to be a patriot, um, and they're against the slogan "Make America Great Again." I I don't quite understand that one either. I don't know. What do you think? It's well, it happens to be. I think it's association, right? So they associate one thing with the other, and if they've had a negative experience, that's how it's going to be. Um, the yeah, I'm not really going <laughs> to the the MAGA movement is, you know, it it is it, it's just that but then you you also have other movements like ISIS, right? I mean, not everything is good and not everybody likes what each individual people believe in. And so respecting people's beliefs and actually knowing that we are in a sandbox together. Yeah. We we've been I mean, and the thing is is it's nicer to play in the sandbox than to throw sand at each other. That's what I learned in school anyway. And I think, you know, even in my adult life, I try not to throw sand and I try to at least listen and respect people what they have to say, their beliefs. I mean, everybody's coming from a different path in life. Mm-hmm. People have been through, you know, some people have been beat down and more than we know. And so being kind and, and realizing and being more compassionate, I uh, liked when you would sit in the monologue is as far as humble themselves. Um, you you got to think, I was thinking of second Chronicles, you know, seven verse 14. It's like, if my people humble themselves, pray. And you know, it's, seek my face and then you know flee from wickedness 
And and really, you got to think of all that right now is everybody's so worried about individually what's going on when it, if they're just loving another person, serving their their community and doing the brotherly love kind of thing, we've been a whole lot better place. That's a really good point, Lucas. And, you know, I think that's also probably a problem with a lot of marriages nowadays, too. Everybody's <laughs> so into self and what are you going to do for me instead of thinking about it like, well, what can I do for you? Kind of like, you know, what can you do for your country? That same sort of thing. What can I do for you? And then, in re- you know, providing you're with a decent person, they're going to want to do the same. What can I do for you? What can I do for What can I do for other people? You know, and, and it's like I mentioned what, what I do with this. Re- I feel I, like I've got a calling doing this show, you know? I, 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 I don't know. I just, that's why I'm doing it. Right. You were going to say something. Go ahead. No, and, and that's it, it's just being of service, right? And, and whether it's sharing information and knowledge like what you do, or whether it's you know hosting a community event or you know, find, you know like holding classes and teaching people things, it, it, it's the same method of service to others, and you're doing it out of kindness because you you want to share the information and the knowledge that you have. Right. You know, I remember, I remember when me and a lot of other uh, patriots that were pushing back on the whole when the whole scamdemic was in full swing and we were stranded standing on the street corners trying to educate people trying to make people aware of what was going on and we'd have people driving by and flipping us off and swearing at us and calling us names and um not not looking at it as, hey, you know, what are they out there? You know, we were spending, we weren't getting paid for our time. Unlike a lot of these, uh, these pro, these paid protesters that what I've talked about before about like with these Antifa people and stuff. A lot of these people are paid protesters. They don't believe anything they're doing. They're getting paid. They're getting paid by people that, in my opinion, want to destroy our country and want to divide us all. And division is what's killing this country right now. It really is. And, you know, I, I, I even see people in the uh, conservative movement that are going a little overboard on, uh, on hating other groups. And they're falling right into their trap. Falling right into the trap. That is exactly what they want. Yes, there are bad people in, in various groups, but not all of them. Bad. Most of them are pretty nice people. And if you get, sit down and actually talk to them and get to know them as people— yes. They're they're kind, loving people. It it just breaks my heart to see that happening. Stella, go well, ahead. I know that when we were uh, walking down up and down the abortion clinics and trying to make sense out of it and saying you don't have to do this, you know, there's other ways to prevent abortion. I mean, to prevent pregnancies besides abortion. Mm-hmm. So if you really don't want a child, there's uh, several options besides just killing them. You know, and the worst thing, like you said, is the uh, like. Girls between the ages of 18 to 25 going by and flipping us off. What do you care what we do with our bodies and all that? And I said, because it's not your body. It's, it's your body to take care of it and not produce something that you don't want, you know. But just to say that you're going to go out and have a fun time and then come back and kill the result is not fair to the baby, you know. And they would just get violent and crazy and yell at us and be mean to us, aggressive, throw Coke cans at us. And we'd say, okay. Were they full Coke cans or yes. empty Coke cans? They were? Yeah. Were they cold at least? No. No, they weren't. <laughs> like, oh, thank you. I was thirsty. Well, they, the good thing is the full cans were easier to dodge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my <laughs> so I I watched an interesting interview the other day on um, I don't know if you guys have been watching Tucker Carlson or not he, but he's been putting out some great monologues on I'm so Twitter. glad he lived Fox I am too because <laughs> yes. now he's completely unleashed that's right and he's doing some really good work now he, he did yeah that interview was so awesome I mean I, I saw the whole I heard the whole interview I saw it too and that Alan he's just wonderful I mean you mean Andrew Andrew Andrew, yeah, Andrew Tate yes Andrew, Andrew Tate, Tate. Yeah. Uh, he's amazing I thought he thinks for himself and it doesn't matter what they do to him he doesn't take it like oh I'm a victim you know and all that he said you learn from everything, but the, everything that they did to him was so unjust, you know, and I thought to myself, wow, Romania, it's crazy, and I thought, it's not just Romania, we have the January 6th people still in the gulag here, you know, they can't prove anything against them, 
it's not any different than what they did to him. Oh, I know. I know. What they're doing is they've what they do now, this is this is the norm now. This has become the norm, not just in America, but around the world, it appears to me, is you decide who your enemy is, and then you look for something to charge them with. You look for a way to make them into a criminal. Well, it's not that, even... That's, that's the new way of doing things. It's not even the enemy you're looking for. He's not an enemy. He's not even... Oh, he's even, their enemy because he's well, what uh, he's speaking about. Oh, he's speaking. That's all he's doing, his, yeah. his opinion. But that made him an enemy to them, so they want to just shut him up and put him away, lock him, not let him voice his opinion at all. That's the same thing that's happening here. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. I know. You know. Anybody that speaks the truth, anybody that tries to raise awareness. Hang them, hang them. Yeah, you become the enemy. Boy, I'm telling you, you get attacked. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, you know, I get attacked too. Yeah, you know? and so do I. So, <laughs> you know, that, that, that's the norm nowadays. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about, I, I, I took away so much from that interview that I, I listened to, it was two and a half hours long and actually, and you listened to the whole thing, too. Yes, I did. And watched but the whole thing. It broke my heart when he actually said that he likes Romania and the way they are and, and that they're calm and peaceful people. And he goes, it was just like the United States was 20 or 30 years ago. So this is why I like Romania. And it just broke my heart that he said that. You know, like, America's nothing like that now anymore. No, I still remember the way it was when I was a kid. And uh, none of this stuff was out there. Absolutely none of it. And, and like... Like I've said about the JFK thing, it was from a more innocent time. I miss those times. Yes, I do. I, I miss, I miss that America. Yeah. Yes, I do. I miss that. I miss that America. But where else are you going to go? You can't go anywhere. Anywhere. Everybody's running here trying to get a piece of America. And they have saturated us with all this madness from other countries, you know. And now America's not what it used to be. So what's the point of running over here? And where would where would you run? Where would you run, Venezuela? I heard they're hiring. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. uh, you might you might say, well, I'll run to Sweden, you know, because they were like probably the only place on earth that wasn't buying into the into the scamdemic when that was all going on. I, that's that's one thing that Andrew Tate was talking about. He said when that all started, I ran to Sweden, and he said we were uh, there weren't any masks, there weren't any injections, we were hanging out. Partying. In, in crowded clubs, having a good time. Yes. So, hey, don't go anywhere. We're going to go. We're going to really dig into this interview because there's so many good points that I took away from it. I, I, I think you're going to find it very, very interesting. So you're listening to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. a trailer to haul something around check out my friends at jp trailer sales they've been doing business in albuquerque for seven years whether you're hauling cars landscaping equipment dirt or your favorite off-road toys jp trailers has the perfect trailer at a great price to fit your needs they have open trailers enclosed trailers and can even do special orders you'll always receive great friendly customer service and no appointment is ever needed Stop by their location at 7605 San Pedro Drive, Northeast in Albuquerque, Monday through Saturday, 10 to 5 p.m. You can also call them at 505-469-1667 or 505-557-8164 or check them out on the web at flatbedtrailersusa.com. Did you realize that our skin is the largest organ of the body? How often do we pay attention to what it's telling us? Hi, I'm Tomei with Skin LLC, and we don't just cover up imperfections, we heal them. Our skin being the largest organ of the body tells a story. Beauty and skin alike are often overlooked because we get overwhelmed with so much daily input. You can learn your own skin and beauty story through the customized treatments we provide, personalized just for you. Let us give you the education, healing, rejuvenation, and restoration to support your journey. 
call or text 505-918-4211, mention this ad for a free phone consultation, and visit our website at abqskinllc.com. That number again is 505-918-4211. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road, Northeast, call us at 505 292 2226. Would you like to advertise your business right here on Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella? Get in on the ground floor with insanely low prices and become one of our preferred advertisers. Lots of fellow patriots would love to do business with you. All ads include free production of your commercial using your own voice or ours. Your ad will run on all of our live streams and podcasts on multiple platforms. Our audience is growing by the day. Send your info to Becca at freedomspeaknm.com to get started. Would you like to move on from being a keyboard warrior to owning your own media? I'm Floyd Cisco with Spoken Words in New Mexico. I can take your event to the next level by providing cameras, microphones, video switchers, and other hardware to turn your event into a professional production. See what I've done for others and what I can do for you at rumble.com slash spoken words New Mexico. To get started, send me an email at spokenwords.nm at protonmail.com. Again, that's spokenwords.nm at protonmail.com. Welcome back to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. I'm your host, Becca Marie. And who are you? I'm Stella. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so thank you for watching, listening. If you're watching the show live on Facebook, Twitter, or Rumble, thank you. If you're listening on KDAZ Radio, the replay on Saturday afternoon, thank you. KDAZ Ninety-six point nine FM, AM seven hundred, uh, streaming online at conservativetalkabq.com. And if you want to watch us live, if you're listening to us, then you can watch us live every Friday morning from nine AM to noonish on Facebook, Twitter, Rumble. Just go to the face. Just go to our webpage, freedomspeaknm.com. Click on the Rumble link. Also, uh, if you're watching us live, we have a phone line. You can call in and you can comment on the topics, 505-444-5059. The lines are open if you want to call in. We'd love to hear from you. We'd actually like to hear your version of patriotism. We would. Actually, that would be a great topic. I would love for people to call in and tell us, what is your idea of being patriotic? Mm -hmm. I'd like to hear that. Lucas, what is your idea of being a patriot? Tell me. My idea of being a patriot... Um, it, a love for one's country, and I mean, it's for me. I mean, I I was originally born in Vermont. Um, I'm not originally from New Mexico, and then I lived in Florida, and then I lived back in Vermont, and back in Florida. I lived in Florida for a while too, <laughs> long time actually, about 17 years. Right. My dad worked for the Department of Defense. He worked for uh, General Electric, doing DoD work, and uh, he ended up working here at Sandia Labs. And you know, my entire life, you know, patriotism was like the people who served our country, the military, armed forces. And you don't think about patriots being just regular, everyday individuals. And, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, now that I'm older, thinking about it and stuff like that, it's you see people who are everyday, you know, just doing their work that are being patriotic 
and it's you know sh- share like sharing knowledge and just helping others achieve and break barriers and get better i think is what a patriot is is because it's the love of your brother and your country so much so that you want to see it succeed continuously yeah. no that's a good one yeah how about you stella I love my country. Like I said, I wouldn't want to go anywhere else. Maybe Sweden for a visit and see why Tina Turner went down there and she became a citizen. Oh, she went there too, huh? Well, she was a citizen. She gave up her citizenship here and she's a citizen from Switzerland with her husband. Uh But I love my country. My father was a veteran. My brother is a veteran. And they took it very seriously. You know, they love their country. They're willing to go out there and die for it. So... I love my country. They taught me to respect the flag, uh, to respect Americans. And I, like I said, it's all about uh, family, faith, and freedom in my family. You know, <clears throat> I never really even thought about that very much until the past couple, 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 three years so much. I was just like, like I was talking about how it was kind of an innocent time that I grew up in. And I was just kind of like I've mentioned before, I was living the dream. You know, trying to build a business, having some fun also, living my life, not really worrying about this stuff. I always, I I really never thought that our government would turn on us. I I just, and I I would imagine a lot of people maybe in in Nazi Germany probably were caught off guard by that too. They probably didn't see that coming. I'm just amazed that we didn't see it any sooner because the government has been turning against us for a long time. And my father would get angry with me when I was a rebel at 16 and I'd go out there and protest the IRS and protest the, you know, and he'd say, why are you so angry? And I said, because you don't even see what they're doing half the time. And dad, they're against us. And he'd say, no, calm down. <laughs> but yeah, since 16, I didn't trust the government. I thought, yeah, I didn't see why, why everybody did. So completely, you know, all their faith was in the government. And I thought, wow. Yeah, it's it's like one of those things now where, a lot of us have it's like we've had the 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 clouds lifted from our from our sight and and now we can see what's going on and we're looking at everything else too and it's like wow why didn't i notice that years ago mm-hmm. things you know it and i try to expose all those things i try to get you all thinking about this stuff i i remember over the past couple years how a lot of us were that were Woken up by all of this, I'm not woke. Woken up. <laughs> There's a difference. People that are woke are completely asleep, <laughs> completely indoctrinated. But how we defended Backstreet Grill when they were being um, attacked by our tiny tyrant in Santa Fe. How they were being forced to to basically destroy their own businesses. A lot of businesses, they rolled over, they gave in out of fear of what would happen to them, of the government uh, coming down on them with with the full force of the government and the unlimited amount of taxpayer money that they have to attack you with lawyers and and give orders to the public utility companies and all of this stuff. And a lot of us, we, you know, we made our stand at Backstreet Grill and tried to protect them for, I don't know, almost a year, I think. It cost them a fortune, It though. cost them a fortune, and, mm-hmm. and, it, and it cost all of us money, too, because I, I gave up work. I, I, I devoted an enormous amount of time. I learned how to live on a lot less income, just like I've done now, and, and I thought it was more important for me to stand up for my country and freedom and liberty than it was for my own personal gain. I think the small businesses didn't really give in as much as they were driven broke and bankrupt by all the statutes that they had to live with, like feed everybody outdoors. Well, now they have to put in outdoor plumbing and all the tents and everything else. And, you know, it, it just they drove them, they drove them bankrupt. It was, it was literally. lunacy. Right. Yeah. Um, the state exercised its state police powers against the citizens of the state. Mm-hmm. So it ex- exercised its police powers in order to close businesses that were operating and basically taking away people's livelihood. Mm-hmm. So when did government get that much power? <clears throat> they they don't have that much power, but see, they have the perception of power. You know, I've mentioned that before. They have given people the perception that they have that power. And since it, it, people it, don't know their rights and they don't know the laws, 
they give in because they're for afraid. Well, Stella said it earlier. She, she said that she was taught to respect the flag and the, and the country that it stood for. And the thing is, is, all of us have been taught that. But when your government all of a sudden goes rogue on you and switches to something that's not out of love and doesn't make scientific sense and is hip hypocritical at that, it's this. that's when patriots... Anybody who speaks up and says, hey, no, this is not how it's supposed to be, that's a patriot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not, not you know, it, being a patriot doesn't mean standing by your government no matter what. No. It means standing up for what is right. That's correct. And that's what a lot of us are doing. And I think me, like I said, I was against the government since I was 16. I questioned it all the time. It's because I was a rebel I was, I've always been a rebel. I think that's what the problem with me was, is that I thought about it and thought about it and thought, wait a minute, this doesn't even look close to like being right, you know? And people would just say, well, it's the, the government is here to help you, you know, especially my grandfather. Well, Democrats, you know, they're, the Democrats are for the poor, so you have to be a Democrat in your life because they help the poor people. Turned out to be a dirty lie. Yeah. You know? And I would try to explain this to him. But you couldn't get through an, an old person's head. They're, they're committed to the way of life, and that's just the way they are. So let's talk about this uh, interview. That Did you have something else to add? No, you, you mentioned you, that's the yeah. way they are, and it's like, well, how do you change their mind? Well, they're too old, I think. He was no. too old. <laughs> no? <laughs> all, all old dogs can learn a new trick, right? I think they can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's, it's, it's the want to change thing. Yeah. Yeah. So... I listened to this interview by that Tucker Carlson did with Andrew Tate. Okay, now you guys might have heard of this guy. He's he's the he's a kind of a self-made millionaire. He's he he pushes for physical fitness. He's he's a real he's a manly man. That's the best way I can describe him. He, and and he he stands up for being in shape. Uh, he he stands up for working hard and making your way in life and he also stands up for being um a provider as a man he 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 stands up for the traditional role of a man in a relationship what was a traditional what, role what they're trying to destroy yeah you know and what he spe what he talks about i mean he's going against everything they're trying to push on everybody nowadays now my belief is is you should have the right to be anything you want in a free country and you shouldn't be demonized uh, for and and this guy because he's standing up for these things that they're trying to destroy they're trying to destroy him and they, and they're going in the same way that they're like going after Trump okay they weren't going after Trump before he ran for president you know at all not that i know of well, and President you know, Trump basically told you, they're not after me they're after you yeah i'm just in the way just so you guys know so you know, the new policy now, and this is not just in the United States, this is all over the world, that if we deem you to be an enemy, we will find a crime to convict you of. That's that's what's going on. But the crime that they're convicting him of was so ridiculous, you know. Yeah, that what they're doing is they're they're you know, now we all hate child sex trafficking everybody we've been talking out against that we hate human trafficking we don't like that either it's you know it's wrong that's what's going on on our southern border right now is a whole bunch of human trafficking there's going to be there's a lot of people that are actually being brought into slavery in this country you know i i, I heard it said that there's more slavery now than there was when it was legal <laughs> that's that's sad well it's a 150 billion dollar industry so you can see why it's bigger now than it was before. So they, what they're accusing this guy of is child trafficking. Okay, now, the so-called evidence they're using against this guy to try to prosecute, they are claiming that um, underage girls on, t uh, on TikTok have been following him and that supposedly he is like influencing people through these young girls and then taking the money that's being earned. There is absolutely no money trail. There's no evidence of any kind of financial tra and transactions whatsoever. And if you think about it, 
the little bit of money that you could earn doing something ridiculous like this on TikTok, do you think this guy would really want to waste his time on this? No. Here he's got a whole garage full of exotic cars. Yeah. He's got millions of dollars. He's a he's a he's a successful guy living his life. D- does this sound ridiculous or what? It sounds ridiculous, especially when the little girl said, "No, we, we, he's not. We're not doing that. He's not doing anything to." They, yeah, yeah. And the court said, "Yes, you are, and you're brainwashed, and we're going to defend you whether you want it or not. And this is what you have to do." And they said, "But he hasn't done anything, and we didn't. All we did was a video, you know." And they make they start blowing it up. And if he was a real sex offender or something, they'd probably be celebrating him instead of trying to put him through hell like they have. Right. Right. I mean, they kept this guy. He, he was talking about how they put him in jail based on an accusation. For three months, he was in jail in a roach-infested jail in which he said there were roaches climbing over me as I slept. <laughs> I mean, but you know what? He's, he, he talks about it. He says, you know, I, I'm just going to take it. I will do what I need to do. And he's, he's not... He's not trying to make anybody feel sorry for him he's actually proud of the fact that he's standing up for what he believes in and he's going through this i would be crying he sounds like somebody from the bible <laughs> yeah really <laughs> it's the, is what it is kind of attitude right that's that's his attitude it is what it is you know yeah throw me in the lion pit uh, you know walk me into the furnace hey whatever you got to do i'll i'll endure it i love this guy mm-hmm. he was amazing <laughs> I, I, you know I, I, I didn't really know a lot about him until I watched this interview, and I'm so glad that Tucker did it because it was an amazing interview. By the way, um, look for it on Twitter, you guys. If you haven't watched it, it's worth the watch. It's two and a half hours long. It's worth the watch. I would watch it again. Maybe I will. I'm going to. I, I loved everything he said. As a matter of fact, I heard like the first half of it, and then I had an emergency come up, so I took off. When I came back and started it again from scratch, I heard some things that I kind of missed. You know, it's, it was it gave more importance to it. So I thought I'm gonna listen to it again one more time. You know, because yeah, I loved. He's a good speaker. He is. He's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I think Tucker asked all the right questions. Yeah. I mean, Tucker is an amazing interviewer. Mm-hmm. I I just he really is. So now. He's got it. He's out of the roach-infested jail, the Roach Motel or whatever it is, and now he is under house arrest while they find a crime to charge him with. I mean, they're looking. This is insanity. Yeah, they are looking. You know, he said, "I smoke cigars. I smoke cigarettes. I do, and I drink a lot of coffee, and, but I eat one meal a day. So it's good to be hungry because if you're hungry, you look forward to it, and you're doing creating so much more." Because you're not just stuffed all the time. He is a big fitness buff, though. He he is, mm-hmm. and you know, he was. Uh, he he mentioned an interesting thing that I I'm gonna have to do a little further research on it. I'm not gonna claim that it's true, but it it it, it might be. He 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 smokes a little bit of cigars, mm-hmm. not a lot. He he claims that a little bit of nicotine in your in your system in your system actually boosts testosterone it does is that true that is actually true Do you know that for a fact it does okay so nicotine you have nicotine receptors and actually nicotine is one of those receptors that will block the spike protein from covid i was about ready to mention that and so they're even recommending that people either chew nicotine gum in small amounts or even nicotine pouches and that's actually to I think it has to do with the olfactory senses as well. So like your whole, that whole nasal, the taste and uh, smell loss is actually solved by nicotine. Yeah, I've heard that actually that uh, people that are smokers. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to. Yes. <laughs> I just play a doctor on the radio. <laughs> but but I, I have heard that people that, that are smokers had a much uh, smaller occurrence of catching the Rona. I heard that. Well, it also has to do with your blood type as well. Um, so there's, if you look at the NIH website, if you trust anything that's on there. I, I don't anymore. <laughs> there's peer-reviewed studies that say if you have type O negative blood, that you basically have uh, a very slim to none chance of having severe COVID at all. Really? And so I happen to be blessed with the universal donor type as well. And so I'm, I have, have had COVID. It lasted me a day and a half. I did lose my sense of taste and smell for over a month and a half, though, which was terrible. But when I started smoking, it came back. 
Yes, we're talking about nicotine here. <laughs> nicotine will help. <laughs> Who would have thought, right? I know. So you're saying that people that have like the O type blood were the likely not to get the COVID? Yes. Hmm. Uh, of course, you know, all the science comes out after. Yeah. Hmm. So let's see here. Yeah, the, the court system is telling no the girls. No, no, you're wrong. You just don't know what you're thinking. No, it, we're we're gonna we're gonna convince you <laughs> that in fact somehow this guy has wronged you in some way. He was and like I mentioned before the break, I had I had mentioned how he was talking about in the first three months of the scamdemic that him and his brother both went to Sweden, and they stayed in Sweden. For like the thir- first three months, when all the lockdowns were going on, and by the way, <laughs> you guys that don't realize it, DeSantis locked down Florida. He did lock down Florida. Now, people that that believe that that didn't ha- it did happen. He locked down Florida. He closed the beaches, not as nearly as long as some other places like oh my God, New Mexico with the tyrant up in Santa Fe, but but he did. Now Sweden didn't lock down at all period neither did south dakota either and guess what there was no mass deaths and he was talking about how him and his brother were going to crowded nightclubs and everything was just normal there weren't people dropping dead all over the place and i even pointed out while all of this nonsense was going out i was trying my darndest to prove to people you are being lied to this is all a scam, and they are using this to scare you into doing whatever they want you to do. South Dakota actually refused all the money from the federal government for the COVID. They said, we don't need it. Everybody's still working. Everybody's still functioning like they did before, and they didn't accept any money at all from the COVID, from the government, rather. Yeah, they, didn't, they made sure that didn't happen in New Mexico. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everything shut down. Yes, everything. Yeah. Everything. And nobody worked. Nobody worked, including the, I, you know, I, I, I ride a, a motorcycle and I like to go out different places. And I noticed that these, these parks, these outdoor parks were closed. closed. They closed the parks. Oh, my God forbid they didn't want you getting out in the open air. They had caution. Make sure you get a little bit closer to your mic there, Lucas. Just scoot that thing right up there. There right. we go. Okay. They had caution tape at the slide at the, at my neighborhood park during COVID. I was like, seriously? Caution tape. They basically had closed off, had put stickers on the park equipment saying that the park equipment was closed, not for play. You you know what I like about COVID the most? Not that it was anything good, but I had the streets all to myself. I could go out anytime. I didn't have to worry about No people. traffic. That was oh, great. Because people in Albuquerque drive like they're crazy. You know, everything is a suggestion. The railroad signs, the stop signs, the red lights, the speed limits. Everything is a suggestion. It's like a nightmare sometimes to drive in Albuquerque. But during the COVID, I had the streets all to myself. It was wonderful. It was kind of nice, wasn't it? Yeah. It was nice. Because <laughs> I was commuting up to Bernalillo for work at the time. And it was, uh, I happened never to be off of work. And, you know, we closed the office a couple of times when I was working with the state. We stayed open the whole time. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, it was funny because, you know, the state required everybody else to close down. But the state offices, uh, especially when run by an elected official, were able to stay open. No problem. Yeah. You know, one thing he mentioned that I thought was really great, and you notice I made a little bit of an alteration to my my opening statement on the show today. (laughs) Mentioned the Matrix. (laughs) Have you seen the Matrix, Lucas? I've seen the Matrix, yes. Have you, Stella? Okay, so you know what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. He He compares those who do not think as being in the Matrix. Those in the Matrix, and okay, here's an interesting thing. If you remember the movie The Matrix, okay, when Neo is out there and he's doing something, and the and uh, Mr. Smith, the agents, yep. you know, they they could be anywhere because the people that are in the Matrix can become Agent Smith. You know, they morph into Agent Smith, and then suddenly they're chasing down Neo and they're trying to enforce the will of the matrix and that reminds me a lot of what went on during the scamdemic it's like you had willing accomplices to the state in which they became agents of the state without being paid for it or anything they just became willing 
agents of the state. You will wear your mask. You will not come in here unless you've been vaxxed. Well, don't you remember when they were actually asking your neighbors to rat you out and say, if you see them out there without a mask, call us. Call the state. Call me. Do something about it. Agents of the Matrix. Yes. They, had, they were asking the neighbors to do it. And yet they're not getting paid for it. So, so tell me it wasn't a fear psyop, really. So where it was all about fear and getting people to live their lives in fear and then fear others. Mm-hmm. And so there's no trust among others either. And so then they wonder why we're in the sandbox we're in, right? Oh, I know. I know. And it's like, I, I remember numerous occurrences that happened to me. And of course, I, I've mentioned to you, Lucas, that I never wore a mask. I never uh, took a, I never did a test. I, I refuse to take one of them stupid tests. Well, okay? did you see what they do? I, they stick a tooth, a Q-tip all the way to your brain. It's that's like right. A, it's like a lobotomy. So yeah, it they're is. also sterilized with ethylene oxide, which happens to be a cancer-causing compound. It happens to also be the same cancer-causing compound. And, and the cigarettes, thing- but nonetheless, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's one of those things you learn. But it's uh, the cancer-causing compound on the tip of the syringe. I mean, why? What's the point of it? I think the point of it was to harm people. I think that's what the point of it was. And, and it's it, like, and, and the thing that gets me is that people were just so, they're sticking their nose out. Okay, Jove, shove that swab up into my brain. You know, just do it. And it's like, without, it's like, why are you submitting to this? It's like, I was with a friend at the time that had an employer that was demanding that they get this done to continue working. I said, find another job. Tell them to shove their job. Mm-hmm. I was I would, yeah, I'm not going to submit to that kind of intimidation. No way. You know, you know what was more profound is that my daughter works at a bank, and they told them, well, you're around the public, so you all really need to go get your COVID shot, I mean COVID exam. So the three of them took off to lunch. They said, you can have a two-hour lunch. Do this. Well, they took their one-hour lunch, and when they got there, the line was enormous. So they said, well, fill in this chart right here and everything, and all three of them in the car filled in the chart, whatever, and they stood there waiting in line. They said, we have five minutes to get back to work. We're going to get in so much trouble. We'll just have to come back later. But they had turned in the chart. They didn't have time to get poked or whatever with the, the Q-tip. And they went back to work. And three days later, they were all notified that they had all come out positive. And they said, well, we didn't actually take the test. You know, uh, How did you know that? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I stood up my ground with the district attorney, and I was actually terminated for employment with the state of New Mexico because I said this is discrimination. You can't test one group and not the other group. When breakthrough infections were occurring, the district attorney agreed that breakthrough infections were occurring, and she acknowledged that. But it was her policy, and it was insubordination for me not to go with her policy. And so I took my lumps. You know, I can, I, I'm, I'm going to list off. The crap I went through, just because I really feel like venting on this right now. Okay, <laughs> and we're gonna go. We're gonna dig into this a lot more in the next hour. Trust me. Um, there are places I will never do business with again because of the way they treated me. I remember the lunatic manager at Tomasita's restaurant off of I twenty five. I used to love that restaurant. I will never step foot in that restaurant ever again in my entire life. That manager was the most nasty, rude, awful person I think I've ever met. I had to go to the bathroom to wash my hands before eating. I was I was eating out on the patio, but I needed to wash my hands. She wouldn't let me use the bathroom to wash my hands. Now, I think, isn't it illegal for a restaurant to refuse you access to the bathroom? I, I think I think there's a law against that. You know, I'll never go there again. I'll never go to El Pinto again. I thought that was owned by Patriots. No, they rolled over. You know, they're a bunch of... No, they're not Patriots. They rolled over. And I went in there and I was told I was not allowed to be seated because I wouldn't wear a mask. Mm -hmm. How ridiculous. It's like, I'm sorry, my intelligence just prevented me from complying with this ridiculous nonsense. I'll never do business with Costco again. I was accosted by four managers in Costco. That vi- that video, by the way, went viral and, and it w- had 85,000 views. Thank you, everybody, for watching that. I'm very proud of it. I refused to comply. I got thrown out. I got a full refund on my membership. I, 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 I you know, just, I'll never do, do business with Ace Hardware again, ever. 
you know, you got to stand up for what you believe is right. That's it. By the way, we're coming up on another break, guys. Boy, that went fast, didn't it? I want to go back and talk. I got on. I want to talk again about what Andrew Tate said. We're going about the, to. We're going to complete the feminist movement. Yes. Yeah. yes. We're going to get. We're, there's so much here. It's just a treasure trove. We're going to get back into it in an hour or two. So don't go anywhere. This is getting really good today. So you're listening to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. Don't go away. Don't go away.